Hello and welcome to the Comic Literate Podcast, the podcast where Ryan strives to entertain you and I strive to inform you about matters of esoteric Japanese history. With me as always is my gregarious host Ryan and I'm Jamie. Hi Ryan. Does it count that I've used gregarious before and that you've just stolen it from one I've used or? It's jazz baby. (laughs) So when I make a mistake it's you've you fucked up but when you make a mistake it's jazz well see the thing is right i've used gregarious before to describe you and i've used it again and charlie parker famous jazz musician used to repeat all of his mistakes because if you repeat a mistake twice it's not a mistake anymore it's just a choice so that's why i did that and that's why i said it's jazz baby all my hip cats listening would know exactly what was going on there and be like charlie parker reference nice you're getting zestful every week for the rest of the year now. <laughs> despite it, despite its possible inaccuracy. It's zesty! It's fucking zesty! Uh, dictionary says zestful. So, <laughs> well, you know that. And also, the other qualm, my other qualm with your intro, it's not really qualm, is that we're not doing Japanese historical stuff in this episode. Well, no, we're, not we today. We did it in a previous episode, X number of weeks ago. Yeah. The uh, well-regarded, well I assume, because it's the future, uh, Demon Slayer episode. Yeah, absolutely. Which I thought would, went very well. And specifically beloved by our Israeli listeners. Yes. Of whom all, I've discovered there are some. Or all, all 1% of them, <laughs> or however many. But we are in 25 countries. That is official. 25 countries. That's amazing. I've not even been to 25 countries, Ryan. I, maybe five off the top of my head, maybe. <laughs> all of them in Europe. <laughs> yeah. And I def, I'm not doing the arsehole English thing of counting like Wales as Scotland and Northern Ireland as like separate ones. Oh, I've definitely not been to five countries in that case. <laughs> <laughs> good good going <laughs> and my only other point is i wouldn't say i strive to entertain i would say it just happens naturally despite me because that of makes your sense. natural charisma yeah exactly you know you see it in per you see it live and in person so you it's know magnetic what I mean. exactly magnetic is a great word <laughs> as well ryan frantically adding it to the list <laughs> i mean it'll be that it'll I be there one you've day. already used it i probably have i know <laughs> magnanimous is was uh, yeah. a previous week's one so uh but yes, back at it again with a new episode of the Comic Clearer podcast. With my, I'm not going to do my intro. Oh, it was it was generally I didn't mean it. And I, I felt the I re- felt the reflective <laughs> muscles going the like podcast, you're about to say the stuff. <laughs> you're about to say all the stuff you normally say. <laughs> no, we are back to talk about a new title, and we are to Jamie's surprising surprising agreement back on the superior shenanigans yeah it's kind of a banger <laughs> it's a dc banger i can't help it it's great and the the ultimate turntables of uh of the thing is <laughs> i'm probably the low guy on yeah, this yeah yeah no this i'm coming into this really excited i'm excited to talk about it oh, that's that's <laughs> as far as i'm willing to go so you will have seen from the title that we are talking about uh blue beetle uh specifically a latest limited run a limited series graduation day uh kind of a tie into the film which apparently is not looking good for box office uh, predictions so that might be a whole another conversation for the whole dceu movie cinema whatever but what is interesting is apparently dc comics have apparently tripled their sales which they think is due to some good dc tie-ins or something whether this will be one of them remains to be seen i may or may not see it in cinema maybe i'll drag you along i mean do you know what I kind of want to see it. <laughs> it does look interesting. Well, 
I really like Zolo Maradona, don't I? The actors in the film? Yeah, Zolo Maradona plays... I've already forgotten the character's is name. Is he in... in, uh, he's, uh, in he's in Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai, yes. And he was... Co- Cobra Kai is, I think, critically... Acclaimed, yeah, I'd say so. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's well, like, everyone loves it, yeah. Oh, well, ev- everyone I talk to about it is like, oh, for fuck's sake, you like Cobra Kai. What, as in they've seen it and don't like it? Yeah. Or? I feel like it's one of those things where I think because so many people are talking about it, that if you're not watching it, you might feel like... Like, I was with that before I watched Game of Thrones. I was like, I'm sick of people talking about it. Not because I didn't like it, but it was just because everyone kept... When people keep recommending something... I remember talking about Game of Thrones at work in front of you and you rolling your eyes. Mm. And then about six months later, you were like, Jamie, I'm watching Game of Thrones. It's so good. So <laughs> I, I did a thing with Game of Thrones that I think you'll appreciate. So I had one friend, who you've met, who was hugely into the point of he read all the books and everything as well. He was the kind of fan that complained when they kept keeping to the books because it wasn't like it wasn't surprising and then when they made a change from the books he complained they weren't doing it like the books are you not just talking about me no i mean this is something you would do but (laughs) i only know he specifically my other Mm. friend specifically did this about game of thrones so what happened was like i said i wasn't watching it for ages and then i watched it without telling him that i was watching it and then and then what i did was while we were hanging out i would make references <laughs> and he didn't know that's, he, that's funny so at one point i think i did like uh oh, i know lannister always pays his debts and he was like you're watching game of thrones i was like no i i heard it like from <laughs> someone else i assume it's from game of thrones and then he bought know. you a pint and you were like that's what i do i drink and i know things i think what one of the most memorable ones i did a couple my most memorable one was i think someone was talking about being ill or something uh, it's but, coming no no i said um, oh, i probably got grayscale and, he, and that's where he was like, right, you must be watching it now. Like, you cannot, that's not popular knowledge. That's too much of a deep cut. Yeah. And I kept playing, no, I don't, I don't know, what, I heard that somewhere else. And then eventually I was like, I've watched, I'm all up to date on Game of Thrones. That's quite funny. And, and this was in the hopeful era, I think, at yeah. end of season six. Like yeah, that, when, when it was, was still good. Yeah. When we, we were hopeful for it. I think it just passed the books and they were going like Battle of the Bastards. Yeah. And people were kind of like, oh, maybe they can, was it? Benioff and Wise. I was Benioff like, and Wise. maybe they can pull it off. And then Caesar was like, I don't think they're going to pull it off. And then Caesar was like, right, now you're taking the piss. Yeah. They introduced fast travel. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, no. shocking. Shocking. But so you, there's plenty of content on the internet about how bad Game of Thrones is. So we yeah, we're not, gonna, to we're not here to do unique that. Unique discourse. Well, I am going to make you do the Duncan Egg comic at some point. Yeah, we will. 100%. Um, I think that uh, House of the Dragon time, which might not be delayed because of the... Sh- Strikes? No, uh, it is. I just read an article about it. Uh, I did see at one point it wasn't because it was being filmed in the UK, but I think that was just the writer's strike, and now the actor's strike has affected it. Yeah, so it was all written before the writer's strike happened. Um, and the act- So it was all written before the writer's strike happened, mm. but the actor's strike is unlawful in the UK because our strike laws are so bad. Yep, sounds right. And so, yeah, they're thinking it's not going to be as much of a delay, but they're still going to have to deal with some actors striking when they shouldn't be. Yeah. To be an actor striking, by the way, I don't not disparage anybody. Oh, no, we are full support of all striking. Any profession that chooses to strike, I'm 100% behind. Yeah, them. no, fully in full support of people taking industrial action. But actors? What? As in, what? You think they... What's your, what's your qualm? So the it's problem... It's paid make-believe. But the problem is, is they are being so underpaid. It's not that the work isn't worth the money or whatever. It's that the studios 
are taking all the money by finagling these deals with the whole streaming rights and everything like that. Finagling. Yeah, you know, it's like a term you just add to anything. I've never heard it. Oh, it's not a dictionary term. It's like a, it's like word on the streets kind of thing. <laughs> so street smart. I'm just not gangster enough. No, exactly. But um, <laughs> no, I, I I understand the premise for the strikes, and yeah. again, I support all industrial action, however futile I think it might be. Yeah, I think the biggest the biggest effect it really has on is the up and coming actors who yeah. are who are doing like waiting jobs and maybe even nine to fives, but are rushing around to auditions and all that bollocks. Yeah, and it just so happens that this is one of the few instances where millionaires are like, I empathize with these because I was there in their shoes not too long ago, so I'm going to support the strikes. And then a bunch of people going, oh, these millionaire actors are striking because they ain't got enough money. It's like, you don't understand. Or hilarious, you've taken like the face value of some picture and gone, ugh. I'm aware I'm missing the point very slightly. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about bigger assholes. But sure. I'm allowed my righteous outrage at it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> But then when, when it comes around to us podcasters somehow forming a union and rallying against, I don't know, bloody Spotify or Apple podcasts or something, and then we're like, oh, these bloody podcasters. Bloody. I will be at the, I'll be on the picket lines. Pick, I wonder where we would pick it. That's the problem. We have to go all the way to like Apple building in America or something. I'm not going to San Francisco for a strike. That's really expensive. Oh, so we're going to strike. We're also going to see, see the sights and... <laughs> Do a bit of touristy. <laughs> We're gonna ride the trams for a bit. Yeah, but we'll strike in between. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, pick absolutely. It, yeah. <laughs> right. So back on topic. Beetlejuice. Blue Beetle. Close enough. <laughs> if you say Blue Beetle three times, Beetlejuice. His, his suit appears on you or something. <laughs> I get a scarab. I want my own scarab. I mean, the scarab looks cool. I like the Blue Beetle character. Like, dude. The, the right. So I'm gonna go straight out and say it. Mm. Artwork. Great. Oh, I didn't like the artwork. It was a good I, looking comic. I. So I. D- it's not that I didn't like the artwork. It's that it wasn't for me. I recognize this. I'm not going to criticize it. I think it's good, like objectively good artwork. For me, I didn't like the shiny look on the characters. Do you know what I mean? At and, least. Who did the artwork? Uh, so uh, the writer, Josh Trujillo or Trujillo, mm. and the art by Adrian Gutierrez. So Adrian Gutierrez, congratulations. You, sir, can draw a fucking face. So my issue, my he, he could draw a fucking face, he, mate. He can draw. I, I said, I'm not criticizing at all. Not criticizing skill at all. It was yeah, gen- no, genuinely per- it, personal preference. I the, for me as well, the tone of the faces sometimes being those anime faces mm. that was a bit jarring for me. But again, I I looked and I went, someone will enjoy this, and it's good work. It's just not. It's someone just not will enjoy it. You just weren't wasn't expecting it to be me. No. <laughs> But to be fair... Wasn't expecting, weren't expecting. Wasn't, wasn't. Twasn't expecting. Twasn't expecting (laughs) it. But um, Don't make me do this whole podcast as a Dickensian poem. No. But what... Twas the night before Monday, and Jamie was reading. He liked Blue... Sunday night is when you do all your Monday day podcast recording reading. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) We don't do anything before we need to. Like a child getting their homework done on the bus. (laughs) That's when you read it here while I'm setting up. Yeah, fucking A. Yeah. So, Blue Beetle Graduation Day is the latest of the character Jamie Reyes, who is kind of, he's the modern Blue Beetle after third uh, Blue Beetle, according to the comic. I only knew about the previous one, Ted Court, so he's kind of a bit more of a Batman kind of Well, we definitely meet him. Yes. And there's a bit of, I, this is one thing I read and I thought, this is, might be confusing to you, not knowing. I only know a little bit of the context. So, just in case if this illuminates anything at all. So, Ted Court was the apparently second blue beetle i thought mm. he was the original so that was news to me 
he was the billionaire being a superhero, had yeah. all the gadgets, everything. Somehow it worked out where they had this new blue beetle, which was this alien scarab that attaches on the spine. Yeah. And somehow they retconned it where Ted Cord got the blue beetle scarab, didn't put it on or anything, didn't attach himself to anything, but he took the iconography and he based his technology on yeah. the scarab bit. And that's how he became the blue beetle before an actual scarab blue beetle attached himself to someone later. Yeah. That's the rough kind of go of it. But you see the connection that the mentor kind of role that he plays on the new one. I kind of get from Jamie Reyes, I don't know if this is any young, new, um, new superhero kind of takes on the same mantle, but I got very Mars Morales, Kate Bishop, uh, Ms. Marvel. Like there's, it's a, it's every superhero has their young take the mantle person. When I was reading it, I kind of looked at it and went, do they want some of that Miles Morales Amazing Spider-Man money? Because it fucking feels that way, doesn't it? With the way that Superman and Batman just kind of float in and start acting like father figures to him, I was like, this is really reminiscent of Tom Holland and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, but I feel like they were trying <laughs> to do it with too many mentor roles. The <laughs> too many men, too many, yes. many mentors. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so the Ted Cord one is the one that makes sense because they know it, they share the mantle kind of a prick though isn't he yeah and i think but i think that's kind of the point as well a bit isn't it like because iron man was a bit of a prick to to tom holland spider-man like yeah not in a way that the mentee knows or realizes but from a third party you go he's being a bit of an arsehole he's giving him stuff he's still you know providing and giving him advice and what have you but i think the point is ted cord he's a great billionaire he's not so great a superhero to the point where what he's most well known for now is he's best friends with another superhero called Booster Gold. Booster Gold's thing is he's an average guy from the future who steals a bunch of tech, including time travel, comes, <laughs> comes back, back to the present to be a superhero. But the thing about Booster Gold as well is he's kind of a Deadpoolish, like he's just not meta or anything, but he's just like a jokester, like, or never, never take anything seriously, like always having a laugh. But there's apparently a thing where he does that intentionally so people intentionally underestimate him or something oh, okay, cool. actually, I'm okay. into that. but the fact that you've got that jokey character friends with ted cord that kind of Quite informs serious. well not t- well, i mean this he wasn't he was i think they're both a bit jokey yeah the is, ted cord's an actual billionaire so he can be a bit aloof and stuff whereas booster gold's like there's there's a comic we will be reading at one point oh. which is no it's fantastic okay it's a tom king title oh cool, cool and cool. in that booster gold opens a bagel shop called booster's <laughs> bagels hey booster's <laughs> bagels that's so good so that gives you an idea so in terms of the story i do have to make an apology to the the listening audience oh god what have we done unfortunately i have dropped the ball and forgot to ask you to tell us what the summary of the comic is each week for the past couple of weeks. Oh, don't. I, I don't like it. I realise that. I don't like <laughs> it. Editing. It's not funny and it's not entertaining. I don't know why we do it. All right. If you just had to say what generally happens in this comic, what's the general story of this, of this limited series? Imagine if... No, no, tell me what happens. It's not necessarily like you're selling it to me because I've already read it. But if I was someone who hadn't read it and you're like, I was like, what's it about? What happens in it? Coming of age story mm-hmm. about a young person who is caught between his superhero life and his real life. How is he caught between? What's what's the catch? Well, he just doesn't have enough time. 
Why doesn't he? What's what's taking up his time? Why? What? Look, you know what's taking up his time? This superheroing. Is for, this is for the listeners. He's doing. He's doing too much superheroing and not enough hanging out with his family. But you're describing all young people superhero stories. Well, this is the thing. <laughs> it's a generic young person superhero story. Okay, but what happens? <laughs> what's the difference between this and other ones? There's no difference. I just liked it. All right. So the issue I'm detecting here is you go on a very uh theme and meaning kind of way yeah whereas if i was answering question i'd be like he's got alien scarab on his back and a couple more alien scarabs turn up and right it's big trouble okay, because this is what you want so <laughs> he has an alien scarab on his back and really? a couple more alien scarabs turn up you don't say and it's big trouble <laughs> right. and it becomes apparent that there's two factions the reach and the horizon the horizon yeah and all of the big boy superheroes including superman and batman are very concerned about the horizon. Uh, young Jamie is not so concerned about the horizon, and there's some friction between him and Batman mm. and Superman. Um, and then it turns out that the horizon are A triple plus win good guys. See, now you've gone straight to the ending. Well, yeah, no, that's the whole story. No, but that's uh, Jesus. You know what? Like when you read a blurb on a book, you know what that is, don't you? No. Oh my god, you're being difficult on purpose. <laughs> I, I've I've realised that if I'm difficult when you make me do this, you might not make me do no, it no, again. I mean, now I know you're going to get it every single week. Now, <laughs> so yeah, no, there's some shenanigans. Mm. Um, he has a fight with some supervillains. Yes. Um, he has he he robs his friends at one point. Un he he gets tricked into robbing. Ted. I feel like the crux of the story is just him getting caught between the aliens who he empathizes with, or the alien, the people with alien technology who he empathizes with, and the superheroes are being overcautious about protecting Earth. Yeah, that's a really great blurb. Well done. Yes. And that's what I expect from you next week. That's not going to happen. I mean, we'll try. I mean, if we try enough times, you'll eventually get better at it. When you give me a very serious brief, you know what I do with it, Ryan. When have I ever given you a brief? Jazz. I don't think I've ever given you a brief, to be fair. No, and maybe you should give me more briefs. Yes, we will from now on. Because <laughs> if not, you just get jazz. <laughs> it's how would you describe, say, the Great Gatsby? Oh, don't. <laughs> God. You can't just be like, what happens in it? Like, there's a rich guy who lives across the lake, and some other guy's like, hey, what are you up to? And he's like, I throw pies, but I'm sad, actually. That's how I would describe it. I mean, that's a fairly accurate description yeah, of the Great exactly. Gatsby. I mean, it's a story about the American dream. Yeah, but I don't worry about that. But it is. That's, that's for the scholars and the eggheads in Harvard to worry about. I'm a, I'm a working class man. I just want to know what happens and I mean, who says actually, what. I mean, actually, you know, most of the people in the Great Gatsby are Princeton men, but that's fine. <laughs> and, they, <laughs> and they have canoeing battles or something to determine supremacy. Polo. Yeah, that's what I meant. Polo that they're into. War polo, where they put the horses in the pools. The one. Yep. God, yeah. Really deep pools, really sad horses. So just in case the... Blurb wasn't enough to uh, get across the story. No, if you make me do it, you can't redo it. (laughs) I'm just saying, uh, if you're interested in the Blue Beetle, it seems like a good Blue Beetle title, comparatively. It's the only one I've actually read. But I think I went in with slightly higher expectations. One, because it's a superhero title, and I generally like superhero titles. I think because I went in with slightly higher expectations, our mind weren't quite met. And I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to guess that maybe you went in with lower expectations that it slightly rose above is that would that be fair it was exactly what i was expecting oh fair enough um don't get me wrong very convenient storytelling as i found with dc mm. um bit of a circle jerk as i found with dc 
have the same issue with it with Flash that I do with Flashpoint. That is that a lot of issues are resolved with the introduction of another superhero. Yeah, that was rife towards the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. wasn't it just? Yeah, that was a revolving door of, and I, now I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's possible that because I had such low expectations for it, it met those expectations. Well, this, yeah, this is this is I think the difference that we are having in our in our judgments. Uh, after finishing it because i was not a fan of it generally and i think my reactions the best way to describe it how you were with particularly egregious artwork yeah i was with that with the dialogue i kept it's seeing, pretty stilted yeah i kept seeing lines of dialogue that i just went why did you have to put it that they also blankly? do a thing where a bunch of it's in spanish that i liked i really liked that because what because you read spanish no because i could just infer the the meaning there was never a point that was like ryan just this because is a pivotal... just because something's in spanish it doesn't mean that they're just talking about generic spanish stuff no they're talking All about generic those... superhero stuff <laughs> and i speak superhero <laughs> yeah fair so enough. like the first part where they what i mean by is so there was never a pivotal point where i was like oh my god we don't know what's happening now because they're speaking <laughs> spanish <laughs> Like the first example was Jamie is late to his graduation, which is literally the only reason it's called graduation day. Kind of lazy titling, I think. Um, but no, because it's kind of his graduation day as a hero, isn't it? Yeah, but they all. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, they all these kind of stories with these young superheroes do, as you pointed out, do always tend to be that. Essentially. They're the same thing. It's and then the they same just story. Went, well, what if it's his graduation at the start and then we could call it graduation day and then, and then it has a double meaning? Like, that's why. At least it has a double meaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- Again, I so I think Ryan, I like... Ryan, you just don't understand the nuances of superhero comics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like my superhero shenanigans to be just bold, fantastic, and simple. Just like <laughs> bright, bright lights and sounds on a screen. <laughs> like fireworks i want shooty bang face give me shooty bang face but so the first example of the spanish language is when he's arriving late and his parents are talking spanish and you can tell facial expressions it's just oh my god jamie's late he's always late but he's a good kid really like you could tell from you could have i inferred from the facial expressions that was the gist of the conversation are these the conversations that you lot have about me oh jamie's late he's always late he's a good kid though but he's always late mostly <laughs> most of it you got i think this might be why i like it so much that, well you, well but that's all young superheroes i mean that's spider-man and no because does... he's called jamie oh just the name just, I the just name i alone. have an affinity to other jamies if all superheroes were named jamie would you be a massive superhero fan i mean that would be a bit weird the league it? the league of jamies oh oh my god the Aven jamies sure that works the avengermies <laughs> <laughs> somehow works i'll tell you what i did come up with which i thought was quite clever i was going to put it in naturally but that now seems like as good a time as any i was gonna say oh yeah so we're looking at the superhero shenanigans of this title as opposed to when we did demon slayer when we were dealing with shamanganigans which is why i don't do stand-up anymore because that would not work in no that would not work in a room would it this is the only audience that could possibly play for <laughs> captive one exactly <laughs> So, um, yeah, the dialogue for me was the biggest. I like the fact they were speaking Spanish sometimes. I, I felt like I don't need to know. I got the gist of this conversation. And I like the fact that if there's a Spanish speaking reader who is, you know, seeing themselves in the main character, a bit of Spanish only language can go, oh, this is a little part for me. I imagine the Spanish speaking reader would be reading it in Spanish, though. So I did see that was a popular thing when I was looking at the titles was there were 
normally you don't see the other languages alongside the English ones, but this time they were releasing Spanish-only ones alongside the English. But yeah, I didn't mind the Spanish-speaking stuff, but the English dialogue, and I, this might have been the same for the Spanish dialogue, for all I know, I'd need a Spanish speaker to confirm. But the English dialogue I found was so stilted, over-expositional. The, they kept using each other's names yes. constantly. Um which just sound just felt really like just felt really unnatural. That was the the worst thing. I just think, kept Ryan? noticing unnatural dialogue. Do you think, Ryan? Yes, I do, Jamie. <laughs> my, my friend and co-host of the pod of the podcast. Yeah, no, I got and, that. As and when well. I said Jamie, your name was in a logo in my speech bubble. Yeah, of course it was. Yeah. So that so that logo speech bubble thing oh, so is that, that a DC thing? So it's a comic thing, but they normally only do it at the start of a series. So literally like the issue one of a limited series, like they did in this, it's like, good thing I'm Blue Beetle and it does the logo and yeah. stuff. And for me, doing it once at the start, I'm fine with because mm. I, I see it all the time. By the, towards the end of this, or like at least like issue three or four, it's like Starfire, Batman, Superman. And it's like it's oh. weird though, because the only ones they didn't do it for are Batman and Superman. They're two most recognizable logos and they didn't make use of them. But I think the point was, it was like, if you don't know the person like Starfire, like, Look, logo, known character. You might not have seen them, but now you've... And they also reference the other comic books you can fucking see them in. Exactly. It's like, ugh, stop trying to sell me more of this shit. <laughs> stop trying to make money. <laughs> yeah. Stop trying to be successful. But, um, but yeah, the, the constant naming, it just felt yeah. like really, really uh, bland, unnaturalistic dialogue. The story, I was... It, it was just by the numbers, and... Normally, I'm all right with that if it's a bit more interesting. But the problem is, I've only ever seen Blue Beetle stuff to do with his scarab and the yeah. other scarabs and the Reach. Like, I, my best experience with the characters, I watched a, a cartoon called Young Justice. Mm. As a cartoon, but it's writing, I would say I'd put up there as one of the best animated shows I've ever seen. Like, it's just it's a sprawling uh, story that takes place over each season. And it's all these little bits that culminate towards the end. Like, it's genuinely interesting storytelling. And it, it makes use of the entire DC universe. So the space and the magic and all the, the young justice, all the younger characters who take on the mantle. So it's like Robin and, um, and Blue Beetle in later seasons and stuff. And they do that storyline. And they do it really well because the Reach come to Earth peaceful. And it turns out they're doing these really insidious ways of invading. So they're like selling like that not even saying they're gifting like medicine and technology yeah. to the human race and then it becomes like they're, they're actually secretly taking over and they do the same thing with another uh, being with a scarab but it's a martian so like martian manhunter is a green martian there's a martian with a scarab on him they think he's good because blue beetle's good and then it turns out he's evil because he's being told by the scarab and blah, blah. point being they did that really well yeah so when i'm reading this subpar version <laughs> of a previous good story that admittedly was an animation not a comic but i'm reading this up that's and this is why i'm saying my expectations were higher and not mm. met so i'm taking a more negative view yeah on this comic and again i always say i hate shitting on creators i think they're trying their best and everything i think everyone's putting their best work that's why i'm always hesitant to criticize artists because as we know hashtag how comics broke me seems like artists get really fucking shit on to deliver good work in a short time Writing, though, I feel like I think they get more leeway. And I think I've got to take the similar stance as you had before. I'm like, I cannot excuse this being 
so boring. Yeah. What did you think of the story as, as this is your first kind of experience of this specific story with the scarab and everything? It was as hacky as all comic book stories are. Not all comic book stories, all superhero comic book stories. Yes, I would agree. Um, and I anticipated a lot of the story beats. And, but in terms of the way it moved along, I liked the way it was paced. It moved along at quite a nice rate for me. You know what? The issues I took with the dialogue, I, I don't think I... I don't think I even looked at the pace or considered the pace. And now you've said, I think, yes, it was paced very well. Yeah, no, it was no paced... part felt fast or slow. No, it was paced well. Um, other than that one panel that I sent you a photograph of in issue three, where there's yes. just a huge single page fight scene with a bunch of dialogue around the edge. And I was like, for fuck's sake, DC. I don't think it wasn't even a fight scene. It was bits and pieces of the previous story. Yeah, but it, it was, was just... so meshed together that you couldn't quite tell Ugh. it was meant to be all separate stuff. Other than that, I felt that the fight scenes weren't too long and they moved along nicely. In terms of like Jamie's actual arc, I thought it was a nice exploration of the trope of a young superhero being caught between requirements of their everyday life and their superhero life and kind of, you know, navigating the in-between. I think the fact that we see this with Miles Morales and Peter Parker, they are poor they're they're set up as these highly intelligent young people and so you know they are automatically getting into college they're in great schools blah 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 whereas with jamie i kind of feel like he's a bit more average yeah and so it's like he's not gone to university he's working in a restaurant and he's not enjoying that um and so yeah i i I liked watching his character go through the things that he went through i enjoyed watching his character kind of go through his arc i would say i enjoyed the intention of that story of that arc yeah like i enjoyed the messaging of again him not going to uni and um his he has to work in a restaurant and it does feel a bit more like underrepresented in comics did that hit home quite hard for you no I, that is actually your life story i mean i did work in a restaurant but you didn't go to uni and then you worked in a restaurant and i had that scarab and on the, my back and you were a superhero yeah. for a bit so yeah I, I now i think about it i actually quite related but um the I, the intention of it, like everything you just said, I feel like that's what they were going for. I just didn't like the execution. The beginning was good because, like, again, his friends going to uni, you felt the difference. Him having to go to another place that wasn't home and making himself and then having these issues. It, it felt like the kind of isolation of people telling him what to do and yeah. thinking, you know. But in the execution, and especially towards the end, because that's where it kind of culminates. Oh, the end was a shit show. Yes. And that's that's the problem is why I can't get on board fully with the appreciating the arc. Because the ending is kind of that, that kind of makes or break if an arc is worth it or not, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I think the thing with Jamie is that he made a big mistake. So he, his friends allowed his arch nemesis to manipulate them. And they drove the guy to him. Well, arch nemesis is strong. I think that's a joke in the thing. So he's my arch nemesis. Like you fought him once. <laughs> like you don't know him. Oh yeah, fuck. That is a thing, isn't it? And but- to be fair, I think as well should be clear. The I'm pretty sure the nemesis, uh, someone called Fade Away, things non-binary because they keep referring to them as they. Pretty sure. Oh, I didn't clock that. So they drove them. Yeah. To him. Yes. And. They then just got him to rob Ted's sister's lab. Yeah, so I had... So <laughs> Doesn't I, make a lick of fucking sense. No, and I've got the specific issue, the problems I have with this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So firstly, Jamie removes his armor in the street immediately after the battle with Fadeaway. 
So at this point, I'm like, does he have a secret identity or not? Like, are we? He talking- doesn't. All the other heroes just call him Jamie. But he does because that's all the heroes know him. But then at one point, he's walking with Starfire, and she calls him Jamie Reyes or Bluebeal or something, and he goes, "Sure, shall I have a secret identity?" But he and doesn't. No, but I, so I clocked that. I was like, "Do you or don't you?" <laughs> Like, which is it? Are you are you Iron Man or Batman? Like, what, yeah. what's the going on here? And then, so he just takes off, fade away, sees him. It's like, I know who you are because you just took off your costume Fuck, yeah, in the middle yeah. of the street. And then I'm, again, trying to pay attention, trying to work out if he has a secret identity or not. Fade away then meets him. The friends, he basically takes the friends hostage and then it turns out he doesn't because he, they, I'm going to make that mistake a lot. Um, they uh, t- told uh, his friends what their purpose was and at that point i went why couldn't they have said that in the first fight like yeah. i don't think blue beetle was quite like the on-site attacking like you you seem like a villain i'm gonna squash you like yeah and also fadeaway's fadeaway's whole thing isn't great i'm trying I to write there's... my dad's wrongs mm, are you though bud i feel like that might have been an intentional misdirect before yeah. what they're setting up in the next and web. the other thing about that fight is that during his fight with fadeaway his suit fails him he loses comms with his scarab doesn't yes he? and so that would have been really cool if that is what caused the suit to come down and he lost yeah. his identity that way and then he would have been like oh shit i mean yeah that, and that would have been a really cool story beat but yeah. it's the fact that they kind of hint at that the fact that that's what's going on but don't make it explicit enough and then he's just there in the street isn't he <laughs> That's, I think, a fun aspect going forward for superhero shenanigans in comics. Yeah. How, how would we better? Yeah, think? absolutely. Is there, are there things we could do beyond saying, oh, the, the dialogue was a bit bland and over-expositional? Are there specific fixes that we can put in? And I feel like that one exactly, the whole subplot of him not being able to speak to a scarab, again, that would, I think, hit more for a reader like yourself, who, yeah. might, who might have just picked up Blue Beetle. There wasn't a lot of him speaking to the scarab at the start, was no. there? It, it didn't feel like Iron Man Jarvis, which I think is like the template, that kind of relationship. That they're using, absolutely. And, and, and they, yeah, they didn't set it up very well. And when he wasn't able to communicate with the Scarab, he was a Cardi, Cardi Jar. Yes. Cady Jar. When he wasn't able to ex- uh, communicate, communicate with yep. Cody, I'm going to call him Cody from now on. Sure. Um, <laughs> Why not? I like renaming stuff. When he couldn't communicate with Cody... It wasn't that debilitating for him. Like, he still got on with shit, and he was still yeah. just as effective as he had been before. Yeah. And again, if that subplot was important to the story, they should have actually made it important to the fucking story. Yeah, I think the the way that they tried to pay it off, and I should have probably said this earlier, we're spoiling the whole bloody series at this point. The way they tried to pay it off was the realization that this Reach character that was yeah. speaking to him in, in his mind, that yeah. he then went into... Uh, internal hallucination when he got hit by Cyborg's gun, which yeah. is another issue I'm going to attack later as well. But the realization that the Scarab is scared of the horizon, mm. and that's what the problem is. Yeah. But the so the Cyborg accidentally shoots Blue Beetle, thinking he's one of the other ones. And I've got another issue with that as well later. Um, he shoots him, and that was meant to disconnect the the connection to the scarab and the aliens and that's where they, he was trying to hit one of the other scarab characters he hits jamie because jamie i think takes the shot for one of the other ones because they're now friends and then that resets the connection with the scarab 
and then everything's fine afterwards. Honestly, with I think I think the reason that I came away from this with such a positive outlook is the fact that in my brain I just decided to ignore all the superhero shenanigans. <laughs> See, well, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I, I normally normally I'm that guy, right? But today I was just like, eh, I'm feeling it. <laughs> but then and then the on the opposite side. I will fully take on a cosmic treadmill because that's been established for me. <laughs> yeah. But whereas I'm like, this doesn't make sense by their own standards, like their own world they're, they're creating. Yeah, the relationship between one man and his beetle, I'm just like, you know what, my guy? Free love, baby. <laughs> and I'll tell you what as well, something I noticed as a general superhero shenanigan that could yeah. absolutely be applied going forward because this is a big MCU criticism as well. Yeah. And there's been a criticism as superheroes for a long time. It's the enemy being the evil version of the hero. Fucking A. So, prime example, I think the most egregious possible example, is Flash and Reverse Flash. That is literally, like, the laziest. Fucking Reverse Flash, man. And they had to do it that way, because, like, it t- it, they needed a speedster to be the But opposite. Reverse Flash should be slow. Or, or walk backwards. <laughs> he can only go really fast when he's running backwards. Yeah. Rever- Gotta go fast, reversing. backwards. Yeah. But he says it back. He speaks backwards as well, because he's from the future. Oh, mate. See, if that... So, DC. <laughs> we fixed it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get us in, writer's room. You can pay us, like, 25 quid a week. Um, Just I, enough. The the backlash from the, <laughs> fa- from the Flash diehard fans for decades, being like, they've ruined reverse Flash. They made him walk backwards. <laughs> Which is why I'm not taking any money for it, because that would be fucking hilarious. That would be, pay- that would be enough payment in itself, oh, for sure. wouldn't it? Yeah. To have every neck beard that you ever meet go, you're not, the- you're not that j are you? I, I, do you want me to edit out your full name on yeah, this? Yeah, just bleep out my surname. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I'll had to it. use my surname because if they were like, you're not that Jamie, I'd be like, I am Blue Beetle. The, the Jamie. Jamie C. Reyes. Yes. C. <laughs> oh, my scarab's calling me. Gotta go. <laughs> Running the bogs, come yeah. out in a blue suit. The suit redesign that happens halfway through. Yeah, upgrade, little upgrade armor thing. Oh, that's mate, what, that's his a, armor looks sick. That's a trope that I never get sick of. Even if I don't like the design, I just like yeah. that thing of like, it's like a Power Rangers power-up kind of oh, thing. The thi- the, the or like one... a Pokemon evolution. But exactly, <laughs> and that's why it tickles me. The thing that I like most about the Iron Man series, the only thing I like about, not the only thing I like about the MCU, because I do like the sparkly colors. Um, loud noises. Yeah, I, I like I like the bright colors and the loud noises. Thanos made some good memes. <laughs> um, is seeing the iterations of Tony Stark's suit. Yeah, and, and there's the, that moment. The marks with it, like Mark One, Mark Two, and there's that moment where he walks up to a fight and he taps his chest, and the suit mm. just kind of grows around him, and he's like, "Nanotech, do you like it?" And mm. I'm like, "Do you know what, Tony? I do. It's <laughs> I pretty for- cool, my guy. I forgive your war cries." <laughs> <laughs> I forgive your war crimes because compared to that fucking monstrosity you made in that cave in Afghanistan. No, but that's what's so cool about the monster. <laughs> is it, it's because it was it looks so rough and because he made it in a fucking cave in Afghanistan. It's exactly. pretty dope. But just you, you know, you see my point, right? I yes. like seeing the evolution Upgrade. of this. Yeah, 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 I like it. I like a cheat. Like you know, when M comes up to or Q comes up to Bond and he's like, "By the way, this watch has got a dildo in it," and Bond's like, <laughs> "Sick." <laughs> not, not that I need that, but thanks anyway. <laughs> But you know, it's that moment, isn't it? And then he got the upgrade to the suit and Superman was like, nice suit, my guy. <laughs> I'm trying to think of some scene where Bond shoots the dildo out of his watch at an enemy. What would he say upon hit, killing killing the henchman with the dildo? Looks like I'm coming home. 
Uh, close. Close. Uh, I will edit out the space in between these just so it sounds like we get some good ones. Like so off close, the cuff. but no martini. Yeah. Um, Take that, your dildo. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's so bad. That's the worst one. Which Bond are we doing? Connery, obviously. obviously. He's the funniest. Obviously, or, Connery. Or um, or more. More is more was a good one with the quips, weren't he? Yeah, more was a quippier Bond. He delivered them really dry. Yeah, I feel like Daniel Craig wasn't quippy enough. He was a bit too serious. I like that because Brosnan was too quippy. So I like the change yeah. of Craig not being quippy. Brosnan was too American. <laughs> Yeah, but also he got Craig got a bit quippier towards the end, yeah. which for me was a detriment. I I preferred Casino Royale type. But do you know why? It, so weird fun fact: mm. um, Casino Royale first Bond novel, right? So they never made a film out of it because Woody Allen made a spoof called Jimmy Bond based on mm. the Casino Royale film. So when they started making the actual series Bond films, they were like, "We can't redo Casino Royale." And so they'd got they'd run out of books by the time they put Daniel Craig on. So they're like, we're going to have to do Casino Royale, and Casino Royale's quite gritty. Mm. It's actually a really punchy adventure novel. Yeah, but they could, if they wanted to make it quippy, they could have. Yeah, but I think they wanted to be a bit more true to the tone of the book with that one. I think they wanted to change the tone because they because the last Brosnan one didn't do well. Yeah, die another day. So they were like. We need to like re. We need to reboot the the franchise, even though they kept the same actress for M. But they rebooted, and that's I think why they tried to make the tone quite different. Also, when Bond fires the dildo out of the watch at the henchman, it hits, and he goes, "Sorry, battery's not included." <laughs> it's as good as we're gonna well get. Done. It's as good as we're gonna oh, get in this scenario. You get a gold star. I'm gonna put a noise in. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be the Bond um, gunshot <laughs> thing. <laughs> down, 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 down. I probably we probably won't get sued. You get you get one Walter PPK. Yeah, yeah. Just a gun. Just <laughs> right. Specifically a Walter PPK. Yeah, bullets not included, obviously. <laughs> but with which, the whole, oh. which Bond villain would he be shooting the dildo at? Because uh, I think it'd be the one with the knives in the hat. Oh, odd job. Odd job. Yeah. Um, Imagine an odd job getting hit in the face with a dildo. Would be That's funny. That's funny. Maybe uh, Jaws, and he catches it in his jaws. and <laughs> He's the second person, and it doesn't work that time. Yeah, because so it can't be Blofeld. Blofeld would enjoy it too much. Blofeld, pre-eye scar, <laughs> would take it in the eye and then have the scar afterwards. And he goes, don't ask me how I got the scar. <laughs> I used to be a Bond villain, and then I took a dildo to the eye. <laughs> now I'm still a Bond villain. <laughs> Still a Bond villain, just with an <laughs> origin story that I don't talk about. Oh, uh, you know, you know when you damn just... you, Anne Summers. <laughs> you know when we have a conversation and you just know it's going to end up as a short. <laughs> I, once again, you've said this before, and I appreciate like where you're coming from. That I could not put visuals to this. The YouTube would be like, "This seems cool. This seems alright." I don't. I think it would get reported on. People, no, because there's that meme of that kid, that kid getting hit in the face with all those glizzies. Yeah, hot dog's fine. That's food. Well, yeah, but that, that's what you do, isn't that's it? That's just that <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> On a loop. Any t- <laughs> And then I put on, it does like 10,000 views. Yeah. So oh, now I know what you want. Yeah, absolutely. This is what you fuckers want, isn't it? All right. I think we've, we've got to get out of the lowbrow now, back into the, the highbrow of DC superhero <laughs> comics. But Oh, don't make me crawl out <laughs> of the swamp. I was having such a lovely time there. Re- wrestling in the mud, as we do. <laughs> but the, the again, the, the the superhero, the villain being the evil version of the superhero, I thought yeah. this was particularly egregious because there was one and then a second one. Yeah. And it was like, ah, oh, yeah. 
I get what you're doing, but so I had my main issue with you know the woman that they had in that like enclosure for a bit. Yes, the yeah, I I just called yellow beal and green beal. There was an anime from the noughties that I liked that had this little yellow robot thing, and I can't remember what it's called, so I'm I'm having to look it up. Mm. But it was a little yellow robot that she looked really similar to, and I found it really jarring, and I. Kind of reminded me a little of uh, Bumblebee from the latest Transformers. Yeah, a little bit. And this and this robot kind of looks like... But I can't remember it. So if anyone can remember what I'm on about, um, please do send us an email at comicliterate.gmail.com. Just anything with the yellow robot in, and we'll filter through all of them. Yeah, and then next week I'll be like, it was this one! It was <laughs> that one! That's the one. Um, there were a couple of points which I did find very relatable lines. And again, so this I kind of credit, like the writer did some good stuff, it just seems like specifically spoken dialogue wasn't, for me, working. But there were little relatable lines I thought, like, that was good. For example, um, the line, food service is a lot harder than being a superhero. I thought, yeah, immediately right. anyone who's worked in food service. I also noticed later that one of the most realistic things I've ever read in a comic ever was when the billionaire um, Ted Cord says, hey, I can take you on as an intern, but for tax purposes, I have to be unpaid. Yeah, absolutely. Like, fucking billionaire. That was, I, I was shocked by how realistic that line was. But then even like with the writing of the story and the panel layout, there were still bits I found overly bluntly on the nose expositional. Like oh, 100%. him recording the video to his friends. Yeah. Big smile. This place is awesome. And then immediately cutting off, it goes to that to pitch black, sad outlook like, I'm sad now. I like, don't think that was expositional. I think that was story being told through artwork. I feel like it was being story being told through artwork, but in the most obvious way. Yeah, like, I mean, but that's fine. But like, but that's uh, like, are we crediting just story being done through artwork, or are we analyzing and saying if it's good version of that or bad? I version mean, in a medium where we get nothing but exposition, and you're complaining about exposition, you've then made an example of something that just isn't exposition through dialogue no but all right on the ranking of exposition through art i feel like that was the lowest most obvious level that i've I've seen but also how often do you see that in dc comics i mean sometimes a little better and even in this like there are better versions of that in this no this is like a toddler in playgroup who's learned how to draw with two colors you're like good job sonny (laughs) that's what you think of dc comics as a (laughs) literally or superhero comics as a whole yeah i mean dc's what You know what it is, I think, for me? One of my biggest issues is the last DC comic that I read before this is one we're going to do in the future called Human Target, written by Tom King. King by name, King by nature. Greatest fucking superhero comic. You've had that one one under your hat for a while, haven't you? (laughs) No, no, thought of it today. But but so I came off that, and that's amazing. And we will get into that. So comparing this to that, I'm... I know. I, I, I'm all over the place in that if I just read normal super comics for a while, maybe it just all kind of passes by me. Yeah. But then when I really re- when I read a really good one, suddenly I'm more picky about the ones after. I do credit myself with ruining you for superhero comics. I feel like I've played a part in ruining superhero comics for you. But in the, in the same instance, I've also got you on board with bulk average comics like these. Yeah, no. I mean, it was fine. Like, I enjoyed it. I, I don't... I'm not... See, this is the thing, and we've talked about this. I don't need something to be really good to enjoy it, and I did just enjoy this on the surface level. True, and uh, but again, I I think I'm having read great superhero comics. I am I'm 
trying to lift the bar. I think I'm consciously lifting the bar now because of this podcast. Because yeah, I'm looking at, I'm especially looking at stuff. And again, also a big thing with superhero comics, which maybe we've not touched on before. If you are a fan of the superhero, you got from stuff before you will be far more forgiving yeah. to whatever the title is. So like Spider-Man comic, I'm a big Spider-Man fan. When we were reading Spider-Man comic before, I went, it's cool because they made him quippy like he should be and he hasn't been for a while. And I was like, the faces don't look like faces, Ryan. Exactly. <laughs> and so Blue Beetle, I've read some good, I, I watched some good stuff in him. I wouldn't yeah. describe myself as a Blue Beetle fan. So now we're getting to this. I'm not just enjoying cool hang time with Blue Beetle again. It's, I'm more... I'm seeing more of the issues. Yeah, and there, and there are and there are some glaring ones. I mean, should we kind of start talking <laughs> about when Superman and Batman get involved? Because I feel like that's a real pivotal point in the story. Well, they get involved quite early on. Do you mean like when they when they get involved in the end? Yeah, because they both. I mean, Superman comes in very early. Yeah, on. like issue two or something. Yeah, t- one I think even. Is and he? yeah, turns out he speaks Spanish, which. Fucking great. <laughs> I think what that is, I mean, being a real nerd, the actually uh, about it, Superman does have a super brain. So while he's not like genius like Bruce Wayne or Lex Luthor, he does have like a, a super brain that can learn things very quickly. He's a quick study. Exactly. Uh, to a super level. So obviously he's just flicked through a Spanish dictionary. He's gone, right, got it, good. Or he watched Spanish soap operas. And oh, yeah, that's how you learn a language. He's just secretly a big fan of them. And he was like, I need to understand my stories. He's actually been listening to the Comic Literate podcast translated into Spanish by Google. I mean, yeah, if anyone's going to do it, obviously fictional characters are our main target audience for this kind of thing. Yeah, I think so. I'm hoping the Blue Beetle himself is like, these motherfuckers. Like, I think, that, I think Blue Beetle's going to be like, that Jamie guy seems pretty cool. Yes, <laughs> he he likes me and I like him. <laughs> and we're going to get together and start the League of Jamies. Yeah. So there's one instance, you know, saying about the constant naming, like the, the League of Extraordinary Jamies. The, the, the League of Extraordinary Jamiemen. Can I be Jamie Jamieman? <laughs> <laughs> From now on, yes. <laughs> and with me as always is my co host, Jamie Jamieman. <laughs> if you don't do that next week, Jamie Jamieman Jr. Jamie Jamieman Jr. Yes. Yeah. But I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, you're right. I mean, that's what we do. The one instance that I'll forgive is the it? constant naming. Exactly. <laughs> the one instance I'll forgive the naming yeah. is mid battle, like mid fighting. Yeah. Because that's the point. That was the only point I saw. It and I went, you know what? That's fine. Because if we were like in a hectic fight, I'd be like, Jamie, cover me. You know, like yeah. that kind of stuff. But when it's again, coming back to when it's in conversations, like, you know what I'm talking about, Jamie, my co-host podcast of the, you know, and everything. And the, the fight scenes, I guess they weren't interesting enough for me only because when you're dealing with super powered alien suits yeah like prime example you look at the trailer for the blue beetle film yeah he's making cannons with his arms yeah. and the swords and stuff and that's like a the end of the trailer is him making a super great sword and wielding it and for this it just seems is like that the end of the trailer yeah it's fucking sick it might be the best part of the entire film that's welcome <laughs> judging by judging by the stats right you go see the film and then when it's heading towards that bit you text me and i'll rush around in the car yes you're yeah i'll tell you and then again even past the dialogue the story like i said the story i found a bit lackluster because i ex- essentially experienced it before yeah and to sum up perfectly like if you haven't obviously experienced the origin the blue beetle origin is essentially oh shit the reach are coming to earth and then this one was oh shit the horizon are coming to earth yeah but that's all superhero comic yeah and that's that's a criticism like that is that is a preface of most of these stories is 
there is an existential threat that somebody needs to deal with. But they should change up the existential threats. And and this is also a criticism for Batman, because for him, it's the there's a constant thing of, oh, no, Gotham's been taken over by villains and Batman's nowhere to be found. Like, they do that every year almost. Gotham is essentially just a prison colony, though. Well, Gotham is like, Gotham's one of those like <laughs> high-end, no, Gotham's one of those high-end, like, luxury cities, like, really. Oh, that has Epstein I, in it. No, I was, not that. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, I think the way world, every city has a few Epsteins, unfortunately. Fucking hey. If you believe the conspiracy theories, but. Um, it's the same one. Yeah. He just gets it's the one. A bit. <laughs> the one. Not it? anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Um, <laughs> Gotham to me seems more like one of those like really expensive, rich cities that seems to be like on a what's it called a, a fault line, and it's and it's subject to tsunamis and it's yes. tornado season constantly. But it's just like somehow people still want to live here because the money's here for some reason. It's wild, isn't it? Yeah, and if you lived in Gotham, you would not be insured for anything at all. You'd definitely carry a piece, wouldn't you? Car, well, even beyond that, car insurance. <laughs> good, good luck getting insured. <laughs> I can tell we're at a certain point in our lives where your takeaway for not living in Gotham is that you'd struggle to get car insurance. I mean, the day to day. I mean, yeah. Like... Well, no. And and when you when you look when you when you're researching which city you want to live in, you know, you look mm. at crime rates and how expensive your car insurance has been, and how often the Joker's going to try and murder you. Yeah, like they're all things that you think about, aren't they? And the thing is, I will accept small pockets of of crazy stuff. Yeah. Joker goes into a bar and kills a bunch of people or whatever or he takes some people hostage crime in especially like new york or la or whatever crime happens a lot and it happens in little pockets and people they'll live their lives especially richer wealthy people they'll just be like oh that doesn't happen to me like that i don't have to worry about that but when it's like bane has walled off the city and the villains are all now the police and they like run the 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 entire city now it's like, how often does this happen? Ah, uh, once a quarter. Normally. You'd be like, grab your things, dear. We're yeah, leaving. We are, we are leaving. We we are are as soon as that wall comes down, we're moving. I tried to claim insurance on the car. They asked what happened. I told them Bane launched <laughs> yeah. it, as Batman, and they wouldn't bloody claim it. No, they told me it was driver fault. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's not covered by third party. <laughs> Superhero shenanigans is not covered yeah. under this policy. Now, again, as I said, I've got very specific issues with just how the story played out. Mm. For one thing, this yellow beetle is like, my beetle tells me that yours is evil or, yeah, could, or right. could become evil. I And she explicitly says at one point, she says, I think you're a good kid, yeah. but the technology you're wearing might be dangerous. Yeah, It's like, you, you, my, my brother in Christ, you are wearing <laughs> a, a scarab that you're getting your information from. <laughs> Why are you believing yours and not his? <laughs> <laughs> like that really got me i i saw the cracks of the, of the sh- <laughs> so true so true and this is what i mean like i think this really does i i'm gonna go on a limb i think this does fall under par with the normal superhero bollocks stories because even when there's cosmic treadmills and there's giant <laughs> pennies in the back cave or whatever even if it's just outlandish bollocks there's still a logic to it rooted in itself. I'm it's... sorry, there was no logic in that Flash comic. Uh, well, I, this I... had more logical consistency than the Flash comic. I'd say the Flash comic was a bit better for me. There were there were contrivances galore Abundant. in the Flash comic. But when I mean like the characters are operating, for me, I find the characters in the Flash comic were 
operating by the logic of their world. <laughs> this yeah. this is like again, like I said, you have a scarab you that is telling you that another scarab is evil. Yeah. Why should they why are you believing that? Or like why are you so dedicated on like hmm, maybe the th- exact same thing that I'm getting him for, like I'm having to go at him for, maybe I should question that in myself. Like Yes. No, I agree. And it's not like she's the character has to do self-reflection on their own faults. It's not like she has to like criticize her just, own thinking. Is it's, this evil alien beetle on my back as evil as the other? That she just got. That she literally <laughs> just recently got. She got it. And day one, it was like, this Jamie Reyes blue beetle kid, we need to sort him out. It's yeah. Like, Whatever you say, scarab, mysterious <laughs> alien scarab, I'm with you. I'm with you till the end. Ride or die. And then, and then... <laughs> this and this then... is where we get into the Spider-Man run <laughs> voice. And then, uh, later, he accidentally frees her or yeah, so, yeah, somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's very obviously an accident because he's yeah. talking to her and he's like, well, you're never getting out. Well, he's in a different room. Oh, yeah. So but... he goes into a different room and turns up, but essentially just accidentally turns the power off in this massive repository of magical shit. Does he actually turn it off? Because I, I think I had a little scan back and I couldn't find the point where the power actually went. It's not clear. I thought it was fade away somehow. Uh, no, because he gets his little gun out. He gets his hand, his arm gun. Yeah. He I... shoots something with his arm gun and then the force field goes down. Right. Perfectly so, logical. Okay. So then later <laughs> after that, I'm, I'm just going to Well, skip... when she rescues him and she's like, you freed me, I'll free you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So that line, right, I could... I could at least understand that she's then gone, you freed me, I'm just return the favor, so we're, we're even. But they're best and buds I- after that. Exactly. <laughs> and then it's like, I'm sorry, wasn't the scarab telling you he's evil or could be evil <laughs> later? Or his scarab could be evil? Maybe she did some reflection in the room. She, she even said, she even said, I'm going to have a lot of time to reflect on it. But then she got out like immediately. <laughs> like seconds, <laughs> seconds later, she left. Fuck. <laughs> I'm, uh, I know. I'm I not... don't know why I've taken on the role of the defender. No, here. devil's advocate, and that's and that's good because that, <laughs> that, I, I questioned when the power went off, and we couldn't. Well, we didn't know for sure. But again, it, yeah, she just she immediately just like, oh no, we're best friends now. And then the green one that was doing the same thing, I. I might have missed a part. I don't. I might have been shaking in anger when I was reading this part. But then the green one must have looked at the yellow one and gone, "Oh, we are, are you cool with him now?" All right, I, I yeah, well, but we're all chill then. But they weren't cool with each other to start with either. The, the yellow ranger and the green ranger weren't friends to start with. Good Power Rangers you, you, terminology use. Thank you. <laughs> but I, I think so. I think at one point I'd I'd have to scan through to know exactly. I think at one point they infer they're doing the same thing, and I think they have a little bit of like. Oh yeah, we're on the same page, and maybe their scarabs communicate because they all communicate with the aliens. Let's stuff not fill in the blanks for them. No, let's, let, let, let's <laughs> not stick to the text. Let's not. Was it? Let's not do head cannon. Yeah, let's, absolutely. Let's not yeah. give it that you know, that uh, get out of jail free card. But at least if you are attacking someone and someone else is attacking the same person, you know, enemy of my enemy, blah blah blah. So you're yeah. just, all right, well, we'll team up for now. Whatever. I think they have a little bit of like the other ones, like he's not so bad actually. But then should the green one be like, but my new alien <laughs> scarab is telling me that you're that- both evil. <laughs> I'm surprised there should have been a part where their blue beard got, you know what, actually, my scarab is saying you're evil now. And they go, oh shit. What they should have done is have them all in an alleyway pointing at each other with their directions. Yes. <laughs> they should have gone full Spider Man on it. If I had far better editing skills, I would 
totally make that meme and go, the graduation day, summed <laughs> up in one comic. <laughs> and the three people that have read this thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently it's done very well. I've, Has I, it? I, I genuinely have heard, I've heard some good stuff like from general fans of Bluebeal. They're like, hey, graduation was cool because there's a new one coming out. And they were like, oh, I hope the same person does these ones. And I'm like... I don't know. I'll check out the next one. Maybe see if it's any better. Well, but... I'm going to make you read it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to I'm we'll going to make another. you come back, and it's going to be like uh, Blue Beetle freshman year. It's, it's just it's going to go the Spider Man thing of like graduation day, graduation homecoming, next day. <laughs> graduation homecoming, graduation day, first day of job. Um... That's why I said freshman year. Yeah, yeah. I nailed but it already. Going, but he's not going to uni, so we might do is it the freshman year of his of his superheroing yeah absolutely batman's like unofficially this is your freshman day (laughs) freshman year of of being in the justice league so the thing that i thought was really hacky is at the end right batman and like batman sends all his dudes yes and he has a bit of a boss rush kind of fighting through them and then all of a sudden batman and superman are just like we trust you (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing has changed. Yeah. And they're like, this kid that we're really concerned is going to be the trigger the end of days now has our full support and trust in anything that he does is essentially the message. Well, you know what the worst part about it, I I suspect, yeah. is I'm pretty sure it's Ted Cord speaking to Batman and maybe Superman as well and going, I this kid is a good kid. He's got a good heart and I trust him to do the right thing. As like considering that Ted has also double crossed Batman like three pages earlier. To be fair, he did kind of do it to his face in a way. Well, no, he did it, and then Batman was like, "You realise I can still hear you," and he was like, "Sorry, Bruce." <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was. I thought I'm ad libbing. I thought it was more of like a sorry, not sorry though. <laughs> yeah, but and he calls him Batsy, and I can't imagine Bruce Wayne taking kindly to anybody doing that to him. Yeah, but it's another billionaire, so it's like it's the one class of people <laughs> you can't intimidate. <laughs> Yeah, it does bother me that Ted it's like has Zuckerberg a- and Musk. <laughs> they just don't like. They're gonna other. have a boxing match at some point. No, I mean, she- Batman would kill Ted Cord easily. Let's not get into that. Well, well Batman. Well, apparently, which some superhero Batman. could beat which super? Well, technically, in issue three thirty-seven, Batman. Actually, that the actually the real answer is <laughs> that apparently Batman could beat anyone with enough prep time. That's <laughs> yeah. what the Bat fans say. By the way, for the listener there, when Ryan does that voice, he also pushes his glasses up on his nose. I commit, I commit to the bit. Fully. Actually. In then. a deeply non-visual medium. <laughs> <laughs> it's just for us. Just, just for just us. Just for us. And then at the end of the... And, and then... <laughs> and then there's more. I think, I think there's the last bit to, to have a go at. In the end, what wins out, like what... Cre- what snatches victory out of the jaws of defeat <laughs> is the friends we made along the way i literally i literally wrote he gained strength from the power of friendship because <laughs> friendship is magic <laughs> and if i knew the names of any ma- of the what's it magic pony mag- magic my- pony the gathering <laughs> my little pony my little pony yeah if i knew any names i would have been like and then blah 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 i turned up and then twilight princess sparkle is that one one of them i think it's twilight sparkle and then the pink one that all the bronies want to fuck he's called no it's not in there it's not in there that's probably better that it's not you you'd like genuinely challenged yourself to see if you were a brony and you passed by not remembering i 
I remember I was I went round to a friend's house years ago, and on the sofa was oh my a God. huge pile of My Little Pony plushies. And I looked at the guy, and I was like, "Are they yours?" <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, no, me and my roommate watched the show, and then we had a joke that we were bronies, and um, these turned the joke up got out of hand." Yeah, and he was like, "These just turned up one day in a big Amazon box, <laughs> and it's just a huge." And, and I've were... I've somehow yet to throw them away. Yeah, and they were two single men. <laughs> there was just all these ponies. I mean, it's a good joke, but... Oh, no, it's not a good joke. It's... Oh, God. Oh. Well, I, now I know what I'm doing for your birthday. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and one last criticism, which I think this one I thought was a unique, non-even, non-superhero criticism this is this just one. This issue with the issue. Issue with this specific title. So, like, again, I hate shit on writers or anything, but this I thought was egregious, right? The end is basically... So, in, a, in an attempt at good story arc where the reach are like no the horizon not reach are like we are basically in a planetary refugees and we were hoping that there'd be somewhere to stay and then one of the green lantern the green lantern is there jessica cruz and i know that's her name because at one point beale goes hey jessica, jessica cruz. cruz yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that she goes oh i'll contact the guardians because they're like the police of the universe so the best people to like well beale's like nah they can just live here far they can live here <laughs> So specifically, a bunch of aliens. And not just that, he decided uh, that in the place that he'd lived in for less than a week, <laughs> which he now calls home, will now become the permanent home to aliens that he's just met for the first time, who tried to kill him. I'm not saying turn them away. I'm not being bloody right-wing fascist. Yeah, you're not for us. It's for humans or none of that bollocks. But what I'm saying is, Maybe a little bit of like logistics, Caution? yeah, like just a little bit of like, hey, we want to help you because let's work this out. Batman and Superman are right there yeah. at that point. That what like eighteen year old kid could have looked at Superman and been like, deal. Superman would be like, you can hang out in the Fortress of Solitude if you can handle the Arctic weather. <laughs> and Batman will be like, oh, I'll have to move the giant penny, but you could hang out in the Batcave. He's for not letting anyone in the Batcave. <laughs> no, no. Does he even let Superman in the Batcave? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't really stop him. I mean, oh, but according to the Bat fans, he probably could, but... With yeah. enough prep time. Yeah, but they're, <laughs> they're mates. They're, they know each other. But yeah, it just... That last bit, I was like, I, I saw the attempt of the message. Yeah. Like, th- let's work on let's work on making this place good for everyone. And, you know, kumbaya. Like, I, I really... Kumbaya! Executed better. <laughs> executed kumbaya. better. I thought it would have been a really good, poignant ending. Yeah. But it just came off as like, oh shit, we need to wrap this. There's no issue seven. Let, we need to wrap this up real quick. Well there, well, there was a point at which all of the grown-ups just decided to let this 18-year-old call the shots. And he was like, you can stay at my house. I'm sure mum won't mind. Yeah. <laughs> he's, there on, he's there texting his mum like, mum, can six aliens come stay? <laughs> which are uh, superman aliens or like um brainiac aliens like kind of in between like yeah. <laughs> not like heroes but i would say they're bad we'll get some kryptonite just in case how long have you known them <laughs> like uh, 40 minutes they're literally currently still on the stairwell of their ship the, like... the stairway is still <laughs> touching down so yeah um overall i would not recommend i think this might be the first superhero one that i've that i've given that option and i to. would well, that and again, when you said that to me on the on the WhatsApp, I was like, "How are the turntables?" I could not. Have, I thought we would have both been on the this set. This kind of sucked, actually. And hasn't it been more fun? 
it has been fun. And again, this is why I think it's good to do these kind of titles. Because again, like I said before, let's keep doing like new releasing super ones so we can have this evolve this discussion. Who would have thought we would have got to this point? Yeah, where I'm like, yeah, Blue Beetle's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So now we have to keep doing superhero <laughs> titles. Oh, fuck. <laughs> but I think uh, one important thing. Yeah. Superhero shenanigans to yeah. add to a bingo card. I'll make a note of this when I'm editing. I think the mo- most obvious one we have to start with is enemy being evil version of the of the superhero. Yep. And then another superhero father figure. Nowadays, yes. That's a recent one, but that that's now an established. Young trope. hero balancing school life and hero work. Yep. Yep. They... they they kind of should have stopped there with Miles Morales, I feel like. Well, they should have stopped it with Peter fucking Parker. Yeah, but at least Miles Morales, like, he's Spider-Man, so that, that's almost like a theme of the mantle. Like, you could... you could Kind thematic- of a thing in Rogue Son as well. He wasn't that bothered about schoolwork, was he? That was kind of, that was what was interesting, I found. Bam. He was yeah. a bully who didn't give a shit about schoolwork. So I was yeah, like, no, this is true, actually. Yeah, that was actually quite interesting. We should read more I, Rogue I, Son. I, yeah, I, we need to go back to Rogue Son, or we need to do more titles from that universe. Yeah, we do. We need to delve into that universe. Yeah, the original one was a title called Radiant Black. Yeah, because... So I think we should give that a try. The idea of a third party coming along and trying to make a new superhero universe mm. has not really been done since the big two did it. It has been attempted, obviously with limiting success, but... Well, I say limiting, there's I a... mean, I think Alan Moore was kind of shooting for it at one point, wasn't he? Oh, he made his own universe, didn't he? Yeah. It, it didn't... I wouldn't say it was successful in terms of mainstream, but it was his own thing, and he killed off the universe at one point with his uh, own Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, but, and he was just finishing all the titles anyway. He's like, you know what? Ragnarok. That'll do. Just have Armageddon. There was a, a third party called Valiant, I think, who are still releasing comics. They made their own um, superhero universe. Uh, there was one particular one I remember. There was one called Ninjack, which was their version of Batman. He was like a high-tech yeah. ninja. There was one that was really interesting. It was called... Uh, what's the Viking ship, big ship called? It's like a cool name. Oh, uh, Skiflovnir. <laughs> Not that one, no. Um, no, a more... Uh, hang on, I will look up, because I think you'll appreciate... That's Frey's ship, the one that can be folded down to the size of a napkin. I mean, it's. I don't think it's that that I'm thinking of. Are you impressed that that was on the top of my head, though? No, not not by now. If I'd first met you, I'd be like, "That's cool, you know that." Now I'm like, I'd be more offended if you didn't know that. Fuck's sake! <laughs> it's too fucking knowledgeable. I mean, that is, yeah, that's our, that's both our problems. I would say. Um, there is, I'm gonna find it because Ryan does a Google time. Right. The title is called XO Man of War. Man of War, yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. So that's an interesting one. They've got some good tiles, um, interesting superheroes because they're not overly cape and you know powers. Yeah. So Man of War, he's like maybe Viking era, maybe even like like Saxon England, that kind of era. That him and some people, he's like a a warrior king. Him and his people get picked up by an alien ship. Dope. And then they are kind of like treated like slave labor, and they eventually he leads a rebellion um to overthrow the aliens while they're still on the ship is the only reason we've not done this because it's alan moore and we talk about him too no, often it's not even alan moore oh is great. it not no 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 but this it's just is, part of his no no this is nothing to do with alan moore this is so this is valiant I'm which, out. who are who group you don't read anything that's <laughs> I'm not <out>. alan moore. <laughs> or uh, brian k vaughan um but they they or whoever wrote this you might read it whoever wrote blue beetle oh you liked it though new favorite comic book right <laughs> oh right yeah he alan moore brian k vaughan I'm this gonna, guy. Yeah, this guy who I'm going to bring up his name again because I think it's only fair. And it's on. Um, 
<laughs> ADR it, see if anyone notices. For the listeners, Ryan just ADR'd that name. Can you send us an email at comicliterate at gmail.com if you didn't notice that it ADR'd it? I mean, if I leave this behind as well. Um, but what I meant was Josh Trujillo or Trujillo. Well, so, say it really clean. Say it a couple of different ways, and then ADR it in, and then we'll leave this whole bit in. Yeah. And because I've already told the listeners to email us. Sure. Josh Trujillo or Josh Trujillo. Yeah, perfect. Perfect both times. Is it time for us to wrap up? Yeah, let's wrap up. Do you want to you wanna see us out? Yes, yes. Keep I it brief, keep it snappy, keep it jazz. Well, thank you, everyone, for taking time out of your precious day to spend it with us. Time is the most precious resource, and we are beyond grateful that you would choose to spend it with us, and we hope that we entertained you in some way or informed you or at the very least, just occupied your time. We're not thinking about the inevitable heat death of the universe. Um, nice. Yes. And if you and off the back of that, if you'd like to leave a review on how we distracted you from from the horrors of the universe, uh, you can write in at comicliterate at gmail.com. Uh, whatever apps you're listening to this on, you can leave us a review. Uh, and if it's a five star one and you could put anything in the writing and we will read it out here. We will. It could be literally anything. We've never done it before, but we will. <laughs> but we will for sure. Um, and I, if you want to check out the shorts, they're on YouTube and the TikTok, and hopefully we'll have some full-length YouTube videos coming up, maybe a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle ones to celebrate. The, yeah, we'll get into that. Heroes in a half shell. Let's just say you don't know your true self until you know which turtle you are. <laughs> and I think that's everything, so thank you and good night. Bye!